0: save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. These are the words that Habakkuk starts off with in his oracle or burden that he brings before the Lord. He's past couple of weeks we've been studying the book of Habakkuk and I think as you just listen to these words it sounds almost as if someone is speaking them today. Does anyone out there feel like our world is heading toward violence? That we are divided? That there is destruction? And we're crying out to God and saying, God where are you? What are you going to do? And why aren't you taking care of the burdens that are there? Better yet, we might look and we might say, well, if you're not answering me in the time and the fashion and in the manner that I think you should, are you even real? Do you even care? And sometimes that might lead us to a point where we think, well, maybe there isn't a God, or maybe God doesn't love me, or maybe I'm not good enough for God interesting enough what we've come to discover last week was these are the words that Habakkuk has cried out now during his time he is in a place where the people of God have really not been following him they've been going their own direction turning toward idols and different things and sort of putting God to the side and so Habakkuk looks around and he says there's injustice all around me I don't understand why it's happening and God why aren't you doing something about it. And then what did we come to discover? God speaks to Habakkuk. I don't know about you, but I take a lot of time praying and I definitely believe that God speaks to me. But I can tell you that I've not audibly heard the words of God. Can you imagine if God turned to you and said, Trevor, or insert your name, this is God, and I want to have a conversation with you, how excited you would be Oh my gosh, God is actually speaking to me. He's actually answering my concerns. And then God comes forward and he says, Yeah, I'm going to do something. It's going to be awesome and amazing. It's going to blow your mind. And in your mind, you're thinking, God is going to answer exactly what I've asked for. He's going to take care of the problems in the manner that I want, in the way that I want, and everything's going to go according to how I think God should work. And God says, guess what? I am going to answer this, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring about a nation that's even more violent, even more set to believing in idols, even more wayward from God to come And to capture God's people. And that's my answer. To how you are crying out. For an answer to violence and injustice. God you're going to do what? This is your plan. This is how you're going to work. Maybe you need to hear from me. Maybe you need to take your thoughts. And put them according to my thoughts. In the manner of how I think you should operate. The loving book of Habakkuk is one of turning worry or concern into worship. And that is essentially the three-week series that we are in, is how do we turn worry into worship. Is anybody worried out there? Can you be honest? Anybody want to... You look around. I'm a very optimistic person, but when I look around the world, there are times when I become very, very worried About what I see happening, not only in our nation, but also around the world. And so the question is, is when you think through and say, God, why aren't you doing something about this? Or why isn't this on my timetable? You're wondering where God is. And then God answers, and God says, yeah, I'm going to do something about this. But it isn't your plan. It isn't what you think he should do. It's actually going to perhaps get worse before it gets better. Would you turn to God and say, well, what are you doing and why are you doing this? That's essentially the whole part of chapter 1 in the book of Habakkuk. And this morning we're entering into chapter 2. And the question we're asking is the same one as we asked last week, but we're adding to it. And that is simply this, that when we look at the world and we see so much violence, how do we not worry? How do we not wonder where God is and what He is doing? Earlier, we talked about hearing from God. Would anybody love to hear from God? Anybody out there love to hear? Let me ask you this. We all would love to hear from God. The question is, are we ready to stand in faith with the answer he chooses to give? Let's take a moment. Let's contemplate that. We all want to hear from God. The real question is, are we ready to stand in faith with the answer that he chooses to give? Because sometimes we demand an answer from God. We demand God to answer what we desire, but God is God, and God is sovereign, and God is a really, really good God. But God also works in mysterious ways that we don't know. We look at God's response and his answer to Habakkuk and it's anything but what we think God should do. God, I'm crying out to you and there's violence in the world and you're responding to me and saying that the answer you're going to give is you're going to bring out a more violent nation who idolizes essentially their military might. That's how you're going to work this? God, You're going to give us a savior. You're going to bring about somebody who can bring the nation of Israel back into a kingdom and establish rights for us. And we're going to get excited and he's going to enter Jerusalem and we're going to think the day has finally come. We're going to move from a position of being essentially ostracized and minimized to being validated via an earthly king. And then you're going to put him on a cross and destroy him to death? That's your plan, God? And God says, yep. That's my plan. You need to trust me because what I'm doing is far greater than you can possibly imagine. In a couple of weeks, we will worship our Lord and Savior and the resurrection of Jesus. We'll worship the fact that indeed Jesus has risen from the grave... But may we remember the plan of God, which is one that is nothing that anyone would have thought. Nothing that anything anyone would have wanted. And yet that is the plan of God. And so my question again is that we all would love to hear from God, but are we ready to stand in faith for the answer he chooses to give? Interestingly enough, chapter 1 in the book of Habakkuk is all about wondering. God, when, how, what are you doing, why, what's going to happen? I wonder, God, where you are and why you are doing these things. And then we get into chapter 2, and to be honest with you, we would hope that things get better, but actually, in my opinion, they get harder. Because chapter 2 in the book of Habakkuk is all about waiting. We wonder, but then we wait. Is anybody out there crying out to God right now? with the worry that you have? Has anybody been waiting for God's answer? Where are you? What are you doing? Why aren't you taking care of this? And to the best of your ability, all you're getting is wait. 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 If your Bibles with you, I encourage you to turn with me. We're going to be reading Habakkuk chapter 2. It starts off and it says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Habakkuk is saying, I'm looking out, I'm waiting. I can't just understand what's happening, but I'm going to stay here and I'm going to look for what God is going to say. And then God turns and he gives his answer. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and not delay. See, he is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous will live. By his faith, Indeed, wine betrays him, he is an arrogant and never at rest, because he is as greedy as the grave and like death is never satisfied. He gathers himself to all the nations and takes captive all the peoples. Will not all of them taunt him with ridicule and scorn, saying, woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion? How long must this go on? Will not your debtors suddenly arise? Will they not wake up and make you tremble? Then you will become their victim. Because you have plundered many nations, the peoples who are left will plunder you. For you have shed man's blood. You have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Woe to him who builds his realm by unjust gain, to set his nest on high to escape the clutches of ruin. You have plotted the ruin of many people, shaming your own house and forfeiting your life. The stones of the wall will cry out, and the beams of the woodwork will echo it. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town by crime. Has not the Lord Almighty determined that the people's labor is only the fuel for the fire, that the nations exhaust themselves for nothing? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord and the waters cover the sea. Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbors, pouring it from the wineskin until they are drunk, so that they can gaze on their naked bodies. You will be filled with shame instead of glory. Now it is your turn. Drink and be exposed. The cup from the Lord's right hand is coming around you and disgrace will cover your glory. The violence you have done to Lebanon will overwhelm you, and your destruction of animals will terrify you. You have shed man's blood. You have destroyed lands and cities and everywhere in them. Of what value is an idol since a man has carved it, or an image that teaches lies? For he who can make it trusts in his own creation. He makes idols that cannot speak. Woe to him who says to wood, Come to life, or to a lifeless stone. Wake up! Can it give guidance? It is covered with gold and silver. There is no breath in it. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. God speaks to Habakkuk and he says essentially a series of five woes culminating with the idea that yes, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to answer the violence that I see in the world. But interestingly enough what we come to find is God's first response to Habakkuk is wait. Wait. Essentially what I want to encourage you in and we see this in verse 1 is that we all await an answer to the violence in the world. Would anybody love to see the violence in our world be eradicated? Would anybody love to see peace come? I would love to see peace come, but the reality of that fact is peace will come when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ returns. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the one that brings about true peace in this world. And lovingly, may I remind us that this world, this world that we are in, is not our home. We are merely just passing through. Our true home, our real home, for those of us that are in Christ, lays in His kingdom with Him In heaven. We all await God's answer to the violence in the world and we see that particularly as Habakkuk starts off in chapter 2. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. I'm waiting. I'm ready to go. I'm watching for violence to end. And I don't know anyone out there who doesn't have a heart to see the violence in the world be terminated. But then God turns and he says, This is my answer. God's replies, and he says, Write down the revelation. Great, God, it's going to get good. You're giving me an answer. I'm going to have this to give to the people. I'm going to be able to tell them what's going on. We're going to get immediate satisfaction. Isn't it interesting in our culture how hard it is for us to wait? Let's just give an example. Anybody want to go and buy something today? Does anybody have something out there that they they need to purchase? What are you going to do? You're going to go to Amazon, right? You're going to plug it in. Amazon's going to tell you that it's available. You're going to get excited, and they're going to say, yep, we can have it to you in two days. You're going to mark that down, and if it doesn't come in two days, what are you going to do? Be frustrated. Be upset. Be upset. How many of you want just a quick microwave meal because our life is so fast? How many of you want to have to wait for something? Better yet, maybe there's something going on in your life right now, and you're asking God to do something about it. You're crying out to Him, and there's nothing wrong with that, but God answers, and he says, "Wait." Do you question him? Do you wonder if he's there? Or perhaps God's answer in waiting is the answer that we all need to hear. One of the things that I want to throw out to us is this. What is wrong with the following sentence? And I've kind of made it pretty obvious. God, I don't get what I think you are supposed to be doing. God answers to Habakkuk and he says, this is what I'm going to do. And sometimes what we will do is when God gives us the answer, we're going to go to him and we're going to say, I don't get that and I don't think that's what you're supposed to be doing. Now what's wrong with that sentence? It's the highlighted portion. What I think you are supposed to be doing. You know, it's interesting because I'll admit it. There are times in my life where I turn to God and I give him that exact response. God, you're not supposed to be doing this Or why aren't you doing that? And the challenge there is to remember that I am not, we are not God. And God is sovereign and God is good. In fact, God is really, really good and he has an amazing plan. Sometimes God's response to us is anything we think it should be. Yet God's response is always the best response. We continue on, and we see in verses 2 and 5, or 2 through 5, that God will make his answer clear. God will make his answer clear. He says, essentially, write it down, make it plain. This is what I'm going to do, yet we might have to wait for it. We might have to wait for it. Verse 3, it says, For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end, and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It's interesting enough, we see this theme throughout the gospel. We see Christ come. We see Christ die on the cross. We see Christ come back And remind everybody indeed that he has triumphed over sin and death. He walks among his people for 40 days. And everyone is excited. And then Jesus ascends into heaven. And he says, I'm going to heaven to prepare a place for you. And I will be back. Wait. How many of you think that the individuals were there. Who experienced that wonderful sight. Thought that it would be some 2,000 plus years. That we still are waiting God will make his answer clear yet we might have to wait for it but I think there's a bigger story or a bigger thing that we need to take notice of in the book of Habakkuk and it's not just waiting it's being faithful while we wait I think one of the most impactful verses of this entire book is verse 4. Follow along with me. And Habakkuk says essentially back... Or sorry, the Lord says back to Habakkuk. See, he is puffed up. His desires are not upright. God answers Habakkuk and he says, Habakkuk, I hear you. You're right. I agree with you. And you're sitting there and you're like, Well, wait a minute. God, you agree with the fact that there's violence in the world and you need to do something about it. You're telling me, you're validating my concern? But then he says, but the righteous will live by his faith. That's what I want you to learn here, Habakkuk. That's what I want you to learn here, people of God. Will you live by faith while I appoint the time for my answer in the way that I determine it should be. That's the action. That's the teachable moment. That's the test of God. While you wait, will you be righteous? And will you live by faith? God, I can't see it. I don't know it. I don't understand what's going on. As I look around in the world, it's getting worse. I don't like what's happening. It's hard to know if you're there. I haven't necessarily heard from you. I wonder what's going on. But I will live by faith and trust indeed that what you have said, you will do. While you wait, will you be Faithful? That's the question. It's easy to be faithful when we get what we want, how we want, and when we want it. It's incredibly hard to be faithful while we wait. But that's what God is asking. I think it's very important for us as we look around the world today. As we look around what's transpiring, what's happening. As we see some of the violence that's occurring not only in our nation but around the world. As we see some of the injustice that is there. As we look at all of these things that easily could drop us to our knees. And we cry out day by day to God saying, God, when are you going to do something about this? Are we faithful? Do we recognize that indeed He is? Remember in the story of Habakkuk, Habakkuk is crying out to God and He is saying, I'm going to do something, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. Can you imagine Habakkuk saying, Okay, you've answered me and it's bad now, and your response is it's going to get worse? Like I said before, I pray that my response isn't the one in Aliens where that guy just says, game over, I'm done. But by the strength of the Lord that I will prove myself faithful to live righteously before God. He continues on, and then he says, I'm going to answer this. We've seen in verse 1 that we all await an answer to the violence in the world, and God will, in verses 2 through 5, make his answer clear, yet we might have to wait for it. But then watch in verses 6 through 20, because while we wonder, we know that, however, when his answer comes, when God's answer comes, it will be swift, it will be strong, and it will be steadfast, because he is the Lord. He will take care of all of it. Essentially, verses 6 through pretty much 20 are saying, I've got it all covered. Woe to these. Woe to these. He gives a series of five woes saying, I know what's going on. I understand what is out there. And you need to remember and recognize that there's not a thread of this that is going to get by me. I'm not going to miss anything. But Habakkuk, what I'm telling you is you have to wait. There is a day coming when the violence in the world will end. There is a day coming when we will see and stand before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in glory. But we have to wait. And you say, why God? Why do we have to wait? Why do we have to suffer in so much pain? Why do we have to watch the injustice? And I wonder if perhaps this might help That it's through those times where people are wondering and hurting that through their brokenness, perhaps they come to the end of themselves and wonder indeed if there is a God. And if there is a God, we are here to suffer alongside of them and say, even though we too suffer, there is a God who loves you and knows you. It's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And perhaps through that, through our example, they come to faith. Now, we don't do it. God does it. But they too enter the kingdom of God. And as we contemplate that, as we think about that, we need to come to a point where we say, Lord, perhaps if my comfort must be removed so that others might come to know you through my discomfort, yet my righteousness and faithfulness in it, then may it be so. Because it's about the kingdom of God, not my own comfort. That's the story. That's what God is doing with Habakkuk. And he says, don't worry. I've got this all figured out. And when I do it, it will be swift, it will be strong, and it will be steadfast as he is the Lord. It ruminates and resonates with the call of Christ's return with the flash and the blare of a trumpet. It's setting the stage in a reverberative effect of saying, this is where we're going. This is where we're leading. Waiting and watching, but knowing that I am God. And so with that, we might have worries. With that, we might have wonders. With that, we might have to wait. But we are to turn that into worship. How do we do that? This whole series is about turning worry into worship. And you'll notice, obviously, the final point as we get down to the sort of last part of this message is turn your worry into worship. Turn your worry into worship. Interestingly enough, we kind of go through chapter 1 and 2 and they're dark passages They're concerning passages temporally because things are bad and they're going to get worse. But yet God says, I'm here and I am working an answer. Habakkuk, your job is to wait and be faithful. But then we turn to chapter 3 and through a series of Habakkuk's response, we come to the point at the end of the book where Habakkuk in verse 19 of chapter 3 says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. That's another crux in this book. The sovereign Lord is my strength. Remember earlier we talked about, God, I don't get what I think you are supposed to be doing. Habakkuk turns and after he looks at the character and the love and the promises of God, he begins to say, I don't understand it, but you are good and you are sovereign. And he draws himself to a point where he says, The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on to the heights. And he's recharged and he's ready and he's worshiping. His worry, his burden has gone to worship because he looks at the character and the promises of God, not at the temporal situation that he's in. Does that sound familiar? Peter looks at the waves that are before him and he begins to sink yet when he keeps his eyes focused on Jesus, what? All of these themes are there as encouragement and hints for us in how we are to walk in faith and in trust in the promises of God despite what goes on around us. We turn our worry into worship. I want to take a moment I want to encourage us Essentially, the the main point of this, I know that we're busy, I know that we have a lot going on in our lives. This is what I want you to take home with you as you think about this and pray over this for the next week. Standing in faith, okay? What do we mean by that? Standing in faith. I'm going to stand in the promises of God. That's an action, okay? It's not like just a thought. It's I'm going to stand in faith in my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Turn your worry into worship as we wait for God's answer to the violence in in the world. I am going to stand in you, in your promises and trust that you will answer what is out there in your time and in your place. What might that look like? One of the things that I would encourage us in church, particularly during this time, is if ever there's a time when we can be standing in faith and speaking to people about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it's now. I get it, it's not been a fun year. I get it. There's a lot of worry out there. I get it. There's a lot of concern out there. And I'm not belittling it. But what an opportunity for the church to worship amidst the worry. And as we worship amidst the worry, be a sign to the world that is worrying, that there is something different. To then be able to go to them and say, look, our world isn't any different either. We're not, you know, absolved of this. We worry too, but we're able to turn that worry into worship because we worship a sovereign God who is good, who is really, really good, who has gone to the cross to die on it so that we might have our sins forgiven, and we know that we have an internal inheritance with our king, and that while this world might be filled with challenge, this isn't the end. This isn't what it's all about, but really it's about God and his kingdom and our life with him. That's why we worship. That's how we overcome our worry. Because we worship a king who loves us, has died for us, and has brought us eternal life through his sacrifice. Standing in faith, turn your worry into worship as we wait for God's answer to the violence in the world. Let's take a moment and go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you this morning again. We thank you for the book of Habakkuk. We thank you for everybody that is with us. We do pray for those that can't be with us, and we thank you for those of you that might be joining us uh, in our video series. Pray that you are blessed. We also just ask your hand of guidance and direction upon the church as we seek your direction in the weeks ahead. Father, with that, as we look at this book in the book of Habakkuk, remind us indeed that you are sovereign and you are good. But sometimes we might not get the answer that we expect or want. And sometimes even in that answer it might be that we are to wait. So Lord, anyone out there that's waiting for a burden that they have, a concern that is before them, Lord, I pray that you would remind them indeed that you love them, that you care for them. But Lord, I pray too that they would recognize that the waiting isn't you being essentially a distant God you are intimately involved with each and every one of us and you desire a deep relationship. But rather the waiting is a manner in which we can grow and express our faithfulness to you. And Father, in that, may we indeed recognize that perhaps that is the answer that you want for this period of time. So Father, help us to be faithful. Help us to be righteous while we wait trusting indeed that you have said what you have said, that your promises have and will come true. And may that allow our worry to turn to worship. We do pray these things in your name, dear Jesus, and we ask it all by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And once again, all God's children say, Amen. Amen.